Welcome back to One Visit Away with your host, Kevin Fitzpatrick. This show focuses on true stories of philanthropy in order to understand what it takes to succeed in major gift fundraising. Listen to these stories and you'll realize you're just one visit away from a transformational experience for your benefactors and your organization. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to One Visit Away. So if you follow me on LinkedIn, you probably saw earlier this week, I posted about how this week is my one-year anniversary of running my business full-time. And I made a little post just kind of going over a few few highlights and some reflections. And I'm just going to kind of chat a little bit about the last year. And this, yeah, I've... <laughs> Who knows what I'm going to talk about right now? I have sat down in the middle of the day, got my Topo Chico rocking and rolling, and I'm just going to kind of top of mind, talk about some things that uh, mostly from a business perspective, but as it relates, I think I'll relate a lot of things back to major gifts, and hopefully some of you find this stuff interesting, just the way I think about uh, revenue creation um, in my business, and yeah, kind of how I've always viewed these things, whether it's... I just think of it in terms of revenue, whether it's nonprofit or for-profit, whatever, you got to put money in the bank if you're going to grow something, if you're going to be successful. And that's always just been a big focus of mine. So I'm going to talk about uh, a few things over the past year. And for those of you who don't know, uh, I started my consulting business more than three and a half years ago. And what I do in that business primarily so far has been uh, working, coaching executives of nonprofits one-on-one on how to succeed at major gifts. And I started that um, just with one one client. Just I, I had nothing except for I went down to the business office in Dallas and I got uh, whatever little form it is to uh, that will allow you to create a DBA, a doing business as. So I was Kevin Fitzpatrick doing business as Kevin Fitzpatrick Consulting. And it's like a $35, you know, form uh, to get that created. And that allowed me to open up a business checking account. And that was the extent of my business. I had a business checking account and I had that little piece of paper saying that I had a DBA. And even before I had that finalized, I approached my first prospective client and started, you know, having a conversation about major gifts, had one meeting. And by the end of the meeting, you know, I'd understood kind of what their experience had been like with major gifts. I understood some of their problems and then I believed I could help them. So I offered my solution. And within a week we had a signed contract and that was my first, my first uh, piece of business I closed in my business. And um, it just kind of took off from there. And I eventually, uh, that went really well. That led to a referral, got me another client, um, led to some more referrals, reaching out to new people. And I kept it really small while I was, because st- I was still working full time, uh, doing major gifts. And so I would just have like two clients at a time, um, while I was still working in major gifts. And then eventually after about, uh, yeah, I guess maybe a year and a half or two years of running the business part-time, just super part-time. I mean, just a, a few hours of week, a week on the side. I started getting serious about LinkedIn right around the time the pandemic hit. 
uh, started, you know, posting a lot on LinkedIn. I created my podcast at that time. And all, all the while, I was still working full-time in major gifts. And then eventually, I made the transition a year ago to consulting full-time, to running this business, which I, I originally, <laughs> you know, my DBA was Kevin Fitzpatrick Consulting. And then I created the podcast with the name One Visit Away, but then I realized I just really like that name from a brand perspective. And so now my business, which is now an uh, S-Corp, is called One Visit Away. And um, yeah, that's the name of the business. I'm kind of sort of transitioning this to the One Visit Away podcast. And under the umbrella of Unvisit- One Visit Away, there's the podcast, there is my LinkedIn uh, posting, there is still the majority of my business, which is working with clients one-on-one. And then, as many of you know, there's Major Gift Millions, which is coming out in the next uh, few weeks. And those are all kind of like areas of the business. But I want to talk to you about you know, how I got to this this point. And some of the you know, some of the ways I think about things, because I think a lot of people just really don't do this well and don't understand uh, some basic principles of, of starting a business or just creating revenue in general. And so one of the things I've always focused on is knowing what the objective is, knowing what's important and making that the number one priority. So when I started my business, like I said, I didn't have anything. I just had a DBA and a bank account so I could accept checks and deposit them there. And that's all I had for like the first couple of years of my business. And I was making a significant income through that. I mean, I was making a full-time income. I was making eventually, by the time I stepped into my business full-time, I was earning more money in my business than I was from my, my day job. And I did all that without a website, without uh, business cards, without an office, without anything. It was just a DBA and a business checking account. And a lot of people think you have to have this super complicated, like, there's so many steps to go make a business. And it's like, look, it, yeah, if, if you want to build some, like, super complex uh, software company or something like that, probably you need a lot more things. But if you just want to make a little consulting operation or something like that, a lot of times we think we need all these super sophisticated things and it just keeps us from doing the important stuff. Like it's a lot easier to spend a ton of time tinkering around trying to make a really cool website than it is to go reach out to somebody and say, hey, Bob, um, I've noticed this about your business. I think there's the potential I could help you in that area. I'm reaching out to schedule a time that we could have a conversation about that. How does next Tuesday at 2 p.m. look for you? That is way more emotionally uh, draining and difficult than I'm going to sit behind my computer and work on my website for another 3,000 hours before trying to get any money. You need to focus on getting revenue. If like if you have a business and no one's paying you anything or you have a nonprofit and no one's giving you any money, well there's there's kind of two options. One is either 
you need to change something about how you're going about uh, doing major gifts or how you're going about sales, or it's possible your business or your nonprofit just sucks. Like some some businesses are not worth uh, a client's, I mean, a, yeah, like a customer's hard-earned money. They just don't provide any value or it's a bad idea or whatever. Um, same with nonprofits. Some nonprofits just don't provide an excellent level of service. And so they're not going to, you're not going to raise any money. So you've got to, you've got to see like, if you are not generating revenue, something is wrong, either with your approach or with what the organization itself does. So that's one of the reasons, like you've just got to focus. If you're starting something out, you've got to focus on revenue because if it's not coming in, that's a huge problem. And that might seem super obvious, but I think it gets lost on some people that don't have kind of an owner's mindset. So if you're an employee at a nonprofit, I or if you're an employee anywhere, I really encourage you to take on an owner's mindset. Don't think about things from just an employee's perspective. Think about it from, hey, if I owned this business, how would that change things? Because it gives you, like, when you own the business, you have to make money. Like not selling is not an option. You have to close business. If you own the business, uh, especially if you're a sole income provider, you have to go earn money. You just can't not do it. But if you're an employee at a $10 million, $50 million, $100 million organization, and you're one of many gift officers, you might not feel that, uh, urgency to go out there and bring money in. And sometimes that can be a good thing in major gifts if we're given a, you know, runway to really not feel like we have to force things with our donors, but at the same time, you need to have some financial target that is clearly defined that says if I don't hit this goal, I'm not employed here is my belief because and it can be minimal. I don't care what it is, but there has to be something that lets you know, I have to hit this number. Because people that own businesses know that they have to hit certain numbers, and then they're going to do the important things it takes to get there. They're not going to mess around with another 3,000 hours spent on the website or whatever the thing is that's that's the easy thing that doesn't require getting out there and talking to decision makers frequently. So that's one of the first things that I'd say is, I have focused significantly on what it is that makes me money, which is doing great work with my current clients, which leads to referrals and continues business with them, but then also consistently meeting with new decision makers. Um, there is never a time that I don't have an opportunity in my pipeline for another client, um, just because you have to have that. <laughs> and... I, I just don't know how you could operate without always having that in front of you. So I set a financial goal uh, for my first year in business, which I hit. And it happened because I kept that goal as the priority. So what does that mean? That means all of the other things you see me doing, like the posting on LinkedIn, the podcast, uh, having my website built, all of that stuff is, is kind of a side project. Um, that accounts for 
a tiny, tiny percentage of my income so far. That's going to change in this next year. But everything I've done on LinkedIn, everything I've done on the podcast for the past almost three years has been in preparation for launching this digital product and you know other ones into the future. And so you know, a lot of people just want to focus on, like, let me post on LinkedIn all the time. Let me create the podcast. And there are people who make a ton of money doing that kind of thing. Um, and I'm not saying don't do that. But you have to understand what it is that is the the metric that's going to move you forward. And for me, I just knew if I was sitting around making LinkedIn posts and doing the podcast all day, and that was my primary mode of business, my business would have failed. And by the way, my clients don't, (laughs) my coaching clients don't even come from LinkedIn or my podcast primarily. Only like a tiny, tiny, tiny number of them have come about through that way. It's from real people that I already know or referrals from current clients that have gotten me new business. So it might look like LinkedIn and the podcast are a huge focus of mine, but they're not so far. It's just a little side thing. As I get to prepare to launch Major Gift Millions, um, which is my course that contains all the information I teach my clients. So yeah, that's one thing. (laughs) Um, Another thing I want to talk about is, you know, kind of setting things up in a way that you can't lose even if you fail. So what do I mean by that? I've put a lot of time into making this course and... At this point, I'm fairly confident it's going to be very successful, but I still can't be certain, and I wasn't certain, especially when I first started going down this path, but one of the reasons I decided, hey, like, look, even if I, even if this course fails, it's still a success because this is a value add to my current clients. So it's like, even if nobody ever bought this course, I can still, when I bring on a new coaching client... I can give this to them at the beginning and say, hey, watch watch this course before we begin our coaching calls, and that's going to speed us up you know, three months into this process. And so it's going to make my current clients way more effective anyway. And so that was a you know, no-brainer for me. Even if this fails, it's still a success. So I, I'm not a big fan of like, <laughs> there's no reason to take these huge risks, like do things, especially if it's, you know, if you're just starting out and you don't have a ton of money that you can put up to risk, uh, do things that you know are going to be successful. So that's kind of part of the story behind Major Gift Millions. Um, let's see. What else did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. Having some long-term focus. And this is maybe the last one of the last things I'll talk about because I don't want to make this this podcast episode super long of me just talking about myself for five hours. But, um, man, when I got started in (laughs) major gifts, I was, I was, I think I was 21 and, you know, I was still a junior in college or no, maybe I just, yeah, I just turned 21 when I got started working in major gifts and, um, I was a junior in college And I knew from kind of the moment I stepped into that office, I want to work here full time. And that led to so many different decisions, you know, that I made. It led to me sticking around that summer to continue my internship unpaid throughout that summer. So I was working, I was doing this internship from like, you know, 
I'd leave about seven in the morning and then I'd work until in the volunteer internship from, uh, you know, whenever I'd get to the office until about 2 p.m. And then I would drive straight from my internship at two. I'd get off. I'd go back to campus where I was living right off campus at the time. And I would grab a quick something to eat if I had time from my apartment and I'd run across the street back to the campus safety office where I was, that was, I was working there full time that summer. So I worked uh, Tuesdays through Saturdays, 3 PM to 11 PM in the campus safety office. So, you know, most days I was working from like, I'd leave at seven in the morning and then I leave work at 11 PM at night. And that's what I did. <laughs> like I, I did that because I had a long-term focus of how can I do, how can I continue to stay in this internship um, and prove myself to this organization so I can be in a position to get employed here full time. But then how do I also make money so I can pay the bills? And uh, so, yeah, I did that that whole summer. I got hired part-time the beginning of my senior year, and then I started full-time the day after I graduated um, that that spring. And, yeah, I, I knew. And at the time when I got my job offer, I was paid a shockingly low amount of money, uh, <laughs> an amount of money that made me just feel like, well, dang it, like, that's not much. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot less than many of my friends who were just graduating were earning in their jobs. Sometimes, like I remember somebody else, this was just one example of someone who told me how much they were earning and it was double what I was earning. And that wasn't like, that wasn't the highest paid person for sure. There were a lot of people making that kind of money. And so, you know, I was like, there was part of me that was just like, dang it, this is, this is tough. Um, but I knew I wanted to work at this organization and I, I knew that's where I was supposed to be. And I knew that if I could succeed in this role, because I was in this office kind of by myself, I could kind of do whatever I wanted. There was huge opportunity. There were really significant philanthropists in our database. And I was like, if I can do this well, if I can succeed at this, I'll be able to do whatever I want. And so, you know, I took, <laughs> I, I sacrificed a lot in those first few years and was making a lot less than the majority of my friends. Um, when I got out of college, I moved into a one bedroom apartment with one, with one of my friends. He and I were roommates. We lived in this one bedroom apartment while, you know, a lot of people were getting, uh, you know, getting much nicer places. They had their own rooms like adults. And I was committed to this for the long haul. And, uh, yeah, got in there and year after year, I raised more and more money, uh, had more and more success, got significant raises. Uh, by the end of my time with the organization, I was paid very well. And, uh, I also knew part of that sticking here for a long time was like, I knew at some point there's going to be 
a limit to my earning potential working in, you know, the small nonprofit world. So I knew one day I want to go into consulting full time. I didn't know, you know, what that would look like or anything, but I had that as part of my long-term vision as well. And so I was with the same organization for more than seven years, had a lot of success. Lots of people, you know, saw that success and I had, you know, 20 plus organizations reach out to me over my career, wanted me to go work for them. And that's part of what gave me the confidence to start my consulting business full-time. And so, yeah, I mean, to start it part-time initially. So, yeah, I've been – this whole business thing, like, I, I did really well this first year. But I want you to know this is, this is you know, going on 10 years in the making of uh, having the, the discipline to – focus on something and getting really, really good at a craft in an office by myself, picking up the phone every day, making call after call after call with nobody else there and just doing my best to put millions of dollars in the bank for an organization I cared about deeply. And yeah, like (laughs) after, you know, it's one of the things Dave Ramsey says, like, after 10 years of hard work, you were an overnight success kind of thing. And so look, if you want to be successful in major gifts, it's you're not just going to wake up tomorrow and start closing huge gifts. Whatever it is, if it's business, nonprofit, whatever, you've got to put in the work every day for a long time. And you've got to have that long-term, long-term focus. I mean, you know, here we are, like, 85 episodes in on this podcast or something like that with over 30 something thousand downloads and I still have not sold a single thing outside of my you know pre-sale of my course just a really small select select group and I've been doing this for the long haul because I know there's something on the other side. So you, you've just got to stick with things for, for a long time. It's true in business. It's true in major gifts. It's true in just about any, any area of life. And so, yeah, that's my kind of reflection on the, the first year. It's been an awesome experience. One of the, one of the greatest experiences for me is just, getting out of the kind of the seat of the you know when i was doing major gifts a lot of times i don't know like you you are the person who's doing those things who's scheduling the visits who's going on the visit who's asking for the gift who's closing the gift all that kind of stuff and like that was so much fun it's so rewarding but one of the things i love now even more than that is being able to make my clients the hero in their journey and seeing them achieve things that I've never done before, you know, seeing them close gifts significantly bigger than things I've even asked for is, is really cool. And it's just been awesome. Um, so thank you everybody who has listened to this podcast, who follows me on LinkedIn, everybody who's in the, the founding members of major gift millions, by the way, the content it has begun to be populated and teachable. So go, you know, log into Teachable. Uh, the first like third of it is up there. I'm getting the second third is going to be up there in a few days, and it's all going to be in there within within the next week or two, at the latest. Um, but those of you who aren't in the Foundies Members Group, 
you know, keep listening. I'm going to have a lot more information and have the website up soon uh, as I get ready to do the launch of this course in four to six weeks, something like that. So it's still a work in progress, but thank you everybody for listening. I'm just blown away by the number of people that listen to this podcast who, you know, tell me it's their number one, uh, you know, source of training or development or place they go to look for inspiration on major gifts. Um, it's been a wild ride just seeing, you know, me kind of sitting there with my (laughs) offer, uh, you know, first year full time in in major gifts and kind of you know being a little ashamed of how little it was and like dang like is this <laughs> should I really do this? To fast forward you know eight nine years later and seeing that 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 you know risk that I took and sticking with that for such a long time has really paid off. Um, so. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening. It's really cool to see this thing grow, and I look forward to staying in touch and continuing to provide hopefully the best free content that exists on how to succeed at major gifts in the nonprofit world. So, as always, I hope this episode has inspired you to schedule more visits. After all, you're just one visit away from growing your mission and your impact. <laughs>